We noticed a gap in the market for a product that we actually got made, and that was a waterproof screen for the awnings on a caravan. Got that made up and launched it just at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> okay. The timing of it was shocking because now we have staff at a warehouse and overheads. We were stocked up, we had large bills, and then all of a sudden we just weren't getting any sales. Like it just stopped. So that period at the beginning was quite frightening. Welcome to Getting to the Heart of Business, brought to you by The Online Co, where we believe the best way to help small and medium businesses grow is by putting people first. I'm James Parnwell, and as you've just heard in that clip, our guest today is an innovator who took a risk with a clever new product, got it all ready to launch, and then got hit by the COVID pandemic. She is Justine Lightowler from Camp Smart, a family-owned online store specialising in camping and caravanning products. Joining me is marketing pro and co-host Jess Caluso. G'day, Jess. Hi, James. I'm wondering, Jess, I know you're a bit of a camper. Have yes. you got any uh, good or bad camping stories? I've, I've got a lot of good camping stories and bad, I suppose. <laughs> One of my favourite recent camping stories is 2019. My husband and I went down to Jindabyne. We go camping down in Jindabyne all winter long. Right. We're, we're avid snowboarders and we stayed at a campsite out at Dalgetty, which is a, about half an hour outside of Jindabyne. We, we're very prepared for the cold, but we're not prepared for minus nine degrees. Okay, that's cold. <laughs> yes, this was the absolute worst, coldest camping trip I had ever been on. We had ice on the inside of the tent when we woke up. Wow. Probably the only camping trip I've actually ever wanted to just go and book a hotel room <laughs> the next <laughs> night. <laughs> I mean, you and April and the kids are pretty avid campers as well. I'm sure you've yeah. got some good stories. So we would we would set up probably a 12-man tent for the six of us and bring all of our gear and we'd set up barbecues and tables and uh, all, oh, all these things. And then we'd put this massive tarp over the top. It was nine metres by seven metres. Wow, so okay. it's just enormous and uh, a pole and a rope and pegs along the whole way. So we had this fantastic outdoor area where we'd sit under and you'd have shade in the day. And um, Sounds be... ideal on a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but we were staying up at Shoal Bay one day. We got there around midday and it would take about three and a half hours to set up. And we were like a well-oiled machine. All the kids had their jobs and April and I had our jobs. We'd all get out and we'd set it up. So at about four o'clock we were finished, something like that. And then we went off to dinner. And as we're going off to dinner, we saw off in the distance that there was a, some pretty spectacular lightning. And it was sort of as the sun was going down, it was like pink. It was pretty stunning. I got, I got some footage of it. Well, within about 30 minutes, there were hailstones the size of golf balls falling as we're this sitting at the, at the pub. This not going to get better, is it? No. My son and I jumped in the car in the bucketing rain to drive back to see what was left of our campsite and everything was black there's blackout oh gosh and we got back our entire campsite was completely flattened <gasps> full of icy cold water oh no and it was dark um next to our site we had some friends coming the following day um they'd actually planned to come that day uh, and they were going to stay on the campsite just on the opposite side of the little street and a tree had fallen straight down the middle of it. Oh, wow. So I wouldn't be exaggerating to say that someone would either be severely injured or dead. Had they been there? Had they wow. been there. So that was good. 
It was very good. We basically just tried to mop up the pieces, <laughs> get uh, get any electronics things out of it. My son's computer was Ugh. was ruined, um, so we had to get that fixed. Uh, the the place were wonderful. They gave us an, a place to stay that night, and we put the tent back up the following night, and then had to go and buy new tarps and buy all this new gear. Wow, that um, is. We haven't been camping since. Yeah, I can we understand. We bought a caravan afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you're about to hear, Justine's camping trip was much more successful than our last. It resulted in the birth of a whole new online brand selling hundreds of different products across Australia and overseas. I'll let her tell the rest of the story. Justine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, James. So you're not the first person we've interviewed who uh, started a business while on maternity leave. Uh, can you tell people how Camp Smart began? Yeah, sure. I was on maternity leave with my third child and we decided to do a camper trailer trip. So we bought a camper trailer and we started buying products for it. Yep, as and you do, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we started accessorising. That's what happens, yeah. Um, and while we're in that research process, we noticed a few products that we thought were interesting and things that we purchased for our own use that we thought had potential to be sold wider um, okay. perhaps weren't being marketed as well what was one of those things uh so one of them was an annex um which is like a room off the side of your camper trailer and it was discontinued stock and so they were just sort of trying to sell it off so it was at a good price um mm. but we bought one and we thought it was a good product as well so it wasn't being marketed very well? No, no. I think the main reason being that they were just sort of getting rid of the stock. Okay. So it wasn't a focus to build oh, it. Oh, right. They had a few left over. Yeah, it was a discontinued line for that company. So we bought one and we took it away. And when we returned, I was coming towards the end of my maternity leave. So I wanted to extend it because I had three different drop-offs in three different locations for my children. Right, so like a preschool. Preschool, a family daycare and school. And school, yeah, wow. Yeah, Um, the morning and the afternoon are busy. Yeah, Yeah. and I was struggling to get aftercare for the school and it was just getting very difficult. So I thought another six months would just buy me a bit of time. Um, The kids would be a bit older. I could maybe get two of them in the one place, things like that. So... As a little bit of a sideline to um, extend our income, we got in contact with the guy that was selling the annexes and asked him if he would sell them to us. So Uh, all the leftover stock you just wanted to take? Yeah, so we bought his stock and we started selling them on eBay. So so you called him and negotiated a good price? Yeah, and that was great. We were selling them and making a little bit of money on the side. We were buying other products and um, selling them bits here, bits there, all on eBay. It was getting busier and busier. And then I, the guy that we bought the annexes from found more of their stock and they wanted to sell the lot of it. Um, and it was about the same time that I was offered a redundancy with okay. my other job. So I used the redundancy and we bought all of the annexes and then we're in business selling annexes. There you go. <laughs> so, so you say that very easily, right? Oh, we just bought all the annexes. There, yeah. there was 
an outlay there, right? Yes, yeah. <coughs> a yeah. large it was, outlay? It was a risk. Uh, we Obviously, we needed the money. Mm. Um, that's why we were selling things in the first place. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know if we would be able to sell all these annexes if there was really a large enough market. We thought that there was, but it was a, a risk, yeah. Yeah, so you had some experience selling them, but you're now taking it to another level. Yeah, yeah. So I now had stashed everywhere all over my house and in storage um about 250 annexes okay that's yeah. a few. <laughs> uh, and so from that point started to create a website a, a business profile basically um took it from just selling the odd annex here and there on ebay to making it into a larger business I expanded the range we thought of new products to add our website grew we moved into a warehouse, got some staff. Okay, so you're just yeah. growing steadily. You've got mm-hmm. the 250 annexes, mm-hmm. selling them through and thinking, well, what else could we sell? Yep. And growing from there. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, taking that sort of risk, I, I don't know that everybody does that. Would you have considered yourself growing up the type who goes out on a limb to start a business? Uh, I've always liked doing new things traveling, taking on new challenges. I don't know that I ever thought I'd be in caravan sales. Okay. <laughs> I, I was working in human resources and it, it definitely it wasn't part of my plan. Am I the sort of person that would start a business? I guess I am. Well, I obviously. <laughs> what, about, what about your folks? Were they in business or? No, my, my husband's parents were. Yep. They ran a few retail shops, clothing stores. So he had that exposure. Growing up. So did you have people in your world saying, hey, you should do this, you should go for it? Or no. were there people saying, don't do it? No, and I think we didn't, it was kind of accidental. We thought we'd make a bit of money on the side and then I would go back to my normal yeah. job um, and that would be that. But one thing led to another. Suddenly we were busy, we were making money. I was too busy to go back to my job and the opportunity <laughs> arose to move further into it. I think we were very lucky. Um, it was the right time in that industry. Yep. Um, it was just sort of hitting a new growth cycle. What was happening? I think you'd had the global economic crisis. Mm. There'd been a bit of a slump in caravanning for a number of years. Okay. And it had just sort of started to pick up. And so this is like 2013, 2012? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Starting a business was becoming easier on the internet yeah. as well. It wasn't just large companies that could do it. You had things like Shopify and all sorts of platforms that made it accessible. Uh, so I think we were lucky in that regard. So you've got a Shopify website? Uh, no, I did at the beginning. Yep. I don't use Shopify anymore. Yep. Um, but that was my first website. And you yes. set that up yourself? Yeah. 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 Had to learn a lot about SEO on the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got any SEO tips? Oh, I don't know where to start. It's hard work. It takes time, yeah. I would say. Yeah, it's it's not an overnight thing. Definitely not. Yeah. So in terms of your growth journey, you've basically gone from the point of saying, how can I replace my income in HR mm-hmm. so that I can be around the kids a bit more and do all mm. the drop-offs and, you know, I want to I wanna be... I want to have a career and I want to be a mum and I want to mm. balance <laughs> all those things, right? Mm. Um, but then at some point you've had the opportunity to start hiring people. Yeah, so it's one of those things I kind of laugh at. It was a bit of a lifestyle choice, starting the business, thinking we could do a bit of everything and have flexibility. 
But actually, in a way, the opposite was true. <laughs> I ended up working more hours with less flexibility okay. at the beginning. Yeah. And that was what brought on bringing on staff? Uh, yeah, just the growth. You know, you start You just small. can't do it all yourself no, anymore. No, So we started with just one of the school mums helping me out oh, in great. the warehouse. So yeah. somebody you knew? Yeah. Who needed a bit of work? Yeah. And yeah. you could trust? Yeah. It's a really great way to hire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly your first one, because yeah. if you go and hire the wrong person first time, it, yeah. can, be, Definitely. it, it can be bad news. Um, now, your husband at some point came and joined you. Yeah, about 2013, 14, we kind of made the decision that it was big enough that he came and started working full time. And that was quite scary because we had all our eggs in one basket. Yeah, okay. Then. So my wife and I work in the business together as well. Yeah. And it's great, but people say to us, how do you manage that? You know, why haven't yeah. you killed each other yet? <laughs> how do you guys make that work? Uh, for us, we're really lucky uh, in that we both have completely different interests in the business and strengths. So we're both happy to let the other one do their thing. And so we don't step on each other's toes very right. much. Yeah. We've got very kind of defined areas. So that's what almost the exact words April uses. She says, we have clearly defined roles. I do my <laughs> thing. She does hers. Yeah. And, and then we're fine. Like, like any other business, you would have a job description and you'd know what it mm. is you're meant to do. Just mm. the fact that you're married doesn't mean you don't need a job description. Yeah. And you're from HR, so you know yeah. that better than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you started developing your own products at some point. Yeah, we did. We noticed a gap in the market for a product that we actually got made by someone for our own use. Um, And that was like a waterproof screen for the awnings on a caravan. There were a lot of sunscreens and we were selling a lot of those, but we wanted a simple lightweight solution uh, that you didn't have to put up a full annex If there's a bit of rain, you could just put that up. And there just wasn't anything. So we got that made up and launched it just at the beginning of COVID. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Social media is easy, right? It just takes five minutes, sit down, propose a post, send it live. The problem is you've got to do that tomorrow and then the day after and the day after that. And when you're in business, you've got a lot of other priorities like providing the product or service and social media goes by the by. It comes down basically to, do I have enough time to post to social media? So this is where we can help you. We can come up with the schedules, make it interesting, make it varied, work with the algorithm and using our playbook process, we can really target the exact customer that you need. Why don't you send us a message on social media? Just do a search for Getting to the Heart of Business community on Facebook. We'd love to have a chat with you. So because you are your own customer, so to speak, like yeah. you, you, are, you are part of your target market, you really get them. Yeah. And that means... Sorry. There's a there's a bunny on the podcast. We've never had that before, so if you can hear that scratching in the background, that's yeah. welcome to Bun Bun, the giant Flemish. That's right, giant yeah. Flemish bunny. Claire, you can leave that in or edit that out. Something. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, you're your own customer. Yeah. So so then you're out there, parked somewhere, going, oh gee, it'd be helpful if we could have this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then because you were in the industry, you kind of knew who you could contact and get to make something up. Yeah. Yep. And then decided, well, why don't we make 100 and sell them? Yes. That's an interesting another step, right? That's a sort of step into creativity. Yeah. And it's gone really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, and it would because no one else has them, right? And then other yeah. people start copying you. Yeah, the, we're waiting for that. That's hasn't inevitable. happened yet? Not yet, but it will, Shh, I'm very don't certain. don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so how did COVID impact you guys? Well, the timing of it was quite shocking because now we have quite a number of staff and overheads and we were coming out of the summer camping period. So we had a lot of huge bills at around the time the lockdown hit. And right. we were also, that's, the time when we would normally have a massive boost for Easter. Okay. So we were stocked up, we had large bills, and then all of a sudden we were, just weren't getting any sales. Like it just stopped. So that period at the beginning was quite frightening because nobody knew, I suppose, what would happen next. We had a caravan trip booked for last April at mm -hmm. uh, Easter and we, we cancelled because we... Because uh, we had to, we yeah, weren't allowed yeah. to. So uh, you, you copped the brunt of that. Um, so how did you make your way through that? We locked down our expenses fast, cut anything yeah. unnecessary from the budget, had to reduce hours and just try yeah. and navigate through. Um, we tried to turn it around in our marketing because what we realised was there was a lot of really bored people at home <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. so we started a lot of um, increased our Facebook advertising for things like projects home-based projects that you could do to your van oh, and okay. Im improve it Tinker and with things it, like yep. that and then of course as things have progressed with the travel bans and everything it's actually been quite good for our industry right because there's yeah. a massive tourist budget that's usually spent overseas yeah. in paris or new york or somewhere and now it's been yeah. spent on the central coast yeah. you know, in, a, <laughs> in a tent yeah so has business boomed now yes yeah it has it definitely has the whole caravan industry has experienced a large boom so i've heard a rumor that you basically can't get a caravan at the moment if you no. order one and months and months and months away yeah, they're like 12 months in production at the moment. Yeah, yeah. what a turnaround. So I, I guess people have bought cheap camping equipment before and used it twice and then it's broken and they've got to chuck it out. Mm. Um, how have you guys gone around looking after your quality control and making sure things last and um, people come back and buy from you again? So we make sure that the product is quality to start with. Um, does that mean lots of personal testing? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. We take what a shame. <laughs> uh, but then we warrant things straight away if there's a problem. Yep. Um, you have to have buyer confidence and word of mouth, and we've got quite a good reputation in our industry yes. amongst the forums and things. Yeah, uh, caravanners chat a lot. <laughs> yes, so it's important. Yeah, so you can get a good reputation because you can get a bad one too exactly yeah so what does your marketing look like you mentioned facebook ads and mm -hmm. um and seo you mentioned a few digital tactics that mm. you that you use so we don't do any print advertising we only do digital and we just do the main platforms so google shopping obviously email facebook Instagram, they would be the main avenues. Yeah, as well as SEO, so organic yeah, traffic. Yeah. yeah. 
Do you do that yourself or you have team members doing that? Or I've always done most of it and just this last year I've got some help with Facebook ads. So if somebody's starting an e-commerce business, what, what advice would you give them around marketing? <laughs> just learn it. <laughs> no. Well, uh, yeah, no, I actually think that's really good advice because I think uh, possibly people go out and pay someone to do it mm. and they don't know if that person's a good quality that's provider or a bad quality provider. Yeah. And if you don't understand it, it's like when I get my car repaired, mm. I don't know if they've done a good job or not. Mm. I see a bill yeah. and my car looks the same. <laughs> I, know, I hope they've opened the bonnet, but they might not have. <laughs> yeah. And digital marketing can be the same. So you need a little bit of understanding. An understanding. So you're talking yeah. to your provider and making sense. But I would say that people starting out should probably have a crack themselves. Mm. Like right at the start, if it's just you, yeah. do it yourself. Yeah, you'll learn. You'll get, you'll get to a basic or intermediate level before you need mm. to pass it on to someone who's at an advanced level. Yeah. For me now, it's more about time than anything else I'm just running out of time <laughs> yes yeah so there's two problems that small business have and medium business one is expertise I don't know how to do this mm. and the other one is time I know yeah. how to do it I just can't get around to yeah. doing it do you plan to expand your product range or expand to becoming a wholesaler and selling into the BCFs of the world uh, we get a, quite a lot of inquiries at the moment from other businesses um, it will be something we'll look at in the future at the moment, just in this current environment, just stock in general is a really tricky thing. Yeah. Um, so you're out of stock quite a bit at the moment? Yeah, all caravan equipment. It's just very difficult to get our own stock, to get stock from other suppliers. Um, obviously the boom is a huge thing. There's just like an increase in demand that is beyond other people's expectations. Yeah. So the stock isn't there. Europe is also experiencing a boom and where we normally... For the same reasons, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're normally seasonal opposites and it's not a problem with manufacturing because they're off-season, they're manufacturing oh, for okay. us and vice versa. Yeah. But obviously that's all gone through the window yeah. and um, <laughs> just getting things made. It's very tricky at the moment, getting things delivered. Yeah. All right, so you're, you're a mum mm -hmm. who's grown a business while raising kids... Mm -hmm. and uh, it's always a juggle. Mm. How do you manage that? <laughs> On the fly? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I just do the best I can yep. with everything, um, and I don't aim to be perfect at anything. Well, that's a good piece of advice, <laughs> yeah. So what, what about the, the process of going from being a solopreneur, just you, mm -hmm to hiring people and then having to develop as a leader. What's mm. that process looked like? It's been a journey. I think one of the things you've always got to ask yourself is, do I need to be doing this or can mm. someone else do this? As you grow and you get busier, you've got to let go of things and you've got to put the systems in place. Yeah. I think that goes for my business and my kids. <laughs> That's yeah. probably been the main thing that I have to challenge myself on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I reckon there's some really good similarities between running a team and um, parenting children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, training and releasing yeah. and um, 
yeah, yeah. holding accountable, all those sorts of things yeah. are, are true in both in both circles. Um, what part of the business are you most passionate about? Do you enjoy the most? The customers getting their great feedback. Yeah, um, lovely. It's really rewarding and hearing them talk about us. Obviously, I follow all the forums and things, so that I love that. But uh, in terms of the business operations, I love streamlining and customising and improving and creating efficiencies. Yeah, that would definitely be the thing I enjoy the most. Okay. Is watching it grow um, in, the, in the most efficient way possible. <laughs> is, is that a throwback to your HR skills, do you think? Yeah, maybe from some frustrations and things before. Um, I'm a very impatient person <laughs> and I don't, I don't like being bogged down in process. So it's got to be sure. quick, efficient, which makes it more cost effective as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot of wins there, isn't there? Yeah. Because you, your business keeps moving forward, but you're saving money at the same yeah. time. And what's your vision for the business into the future? We're going to keep growing in our niche, um, which is sort of, we specialise in a lot of awning and annex accessories and equipment. Um, we've got new product ideas and things for development. But in terms of the business itself, it's getting to the next step where we don't have to physically be in the business, where we've got enough staffing that we can focus on the development without being physically present yeah that will be okay. the next big step <laughs> yeah wonderful so that's a you're moving from managing people to managing managers at that yes point. Yeah. yeah which Look is which is very exciting day. and it's interesting because it's it's almost another skill set again yeah so you got to learn a different yeah. bunch of things a different way of thinking it's very exciting yes well thank you so much for your wisdom and insight and sharing your story with us it's been great thank having you. you on the podcast that was Justine Lightowler from Camp Smart. And you can find out more at campsmart.net.au. And if you're a camping buff, be prepared. There's a lot of great stuff. You could be there for hours. So Jess, what advice would you give to someone who's starting an e-commerce store? Well, the advice is take advantage of digital marketing, for sure, as, as an overarching statement. But if we, if we look a bit more deeply into that, you've got to look at social media, definitely. Yep. So... E-commerce and social media sort of work, you know, they're, they're beautiful partners. They're like peas and carrots, two, <laughs> two peas in a pod. So first of all, just start posting things. Start posting a mix of content and, and start to get an idea of what works and what doesn't work. Try some Facebook ads. Go in and have a look. Figure out how, how does Facebook Business Manager work. Test out a few different things. But probably the key takeaway from all of that is start collecting data collect people's data and information start to build your email list yeah so you can talk to them so, ongoingly so then you can continue yeah. to talk to them so so not only are you you're using social media to market to new and potential customers but once you've got them as a, a customer and particularly for e-commerce businesses we want people to come back and be purchasing again and again from you and email is the way to do that there's there's other ways as well. I mean, like Google Ads is is another option. Yeah, Google Ads and SEO are very important. Um, there's there's this saying, and I know we've talked about it before. If you build it, they will come, and it's complete nonsense. <laughs> People often build e-commerce sites, put it on the internet, and and, and it's crickets. 
Um, so you, you really need to be promoting what you're doing because people won't just find you. That's right. Millions of websites out there. There's probably hundreds of thousands of camping websites. So you've got to really make some effort. So with, with Google Ads, um, there's this specific type of Google Ads called shopping ads. And so you can promote your exact products straight into the search results so uh, an example would be women's running shoes if you type that in you'd see a whole list of uh, running shoes at the top and their price and you can click straight over and go into those stores so with all the camping products uh, they would all be there as well Um, and with your seo you're going to be competing with all sorts of businesses like bcf and all the all the big guys so uh, you just need to make sure that you're creating some really user-friendly pages that have got really helpful information. And ultimately, if you think like the customer and you put the customer first um, and you provide the information they need, Google's going to figure out that your page is terrific and it's going to start putting it on the front page. That's, that's what the SEO process boils down to. There's a whole technical side to that around making your website load fast and those sorts of things. There's a whole keyword side to make sure that you're targeting the keywords that are people that people are actually putting in. But that's what it's going to boil down to for SEO. So Google Ads will get you traffic quickly. SEO will get you traffic a bit more slowly, but it'll be free ongoing traffic once you've managed to get it ranking. This episode of Getting to the Heart of Business was brought to you by The Online Co. Produced by Claire Bruce, music by Harry Parnwell, and you can find us at theonlineco.net. We'd love you to come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review.